Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. On today's show, we're celebrating Women's History Month, and we're going to discuss women in military service and the VA health care system taking care of our women veterans. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mankey. Every year, March is designated Women's History Month by Presidential Proclamation. In celebration of this, I'd like to remember the contributions of women veterans throughout history. Even before the Declaration of Independence was signed, women were serving as nurses and cooks at military camps in support of the Revolutionary War. Their invaluable contributions spanned the preservation of the Union and two world wars. Despite nearly two centuries of service, it wasn't until 1948 that women were allowed to become permanent members of the military. Having the honor of volunteering to serve was just the beginning. Women service members spent the next seven decades overcoming obstacles and breaking down barriers. During Korea and Vietnam, they deployed to four combat zones and aboard ships. In 1976, they were admitted to four of the five service academies. And by 1993, women pilots were flying combat missions. Finally, in 2016, the Department of Defense opened all combat jobs to women service members. To all of our female veterans and those currently serving, thank you for your leadership, your service, and commitment to our nation. Please join me in honoring these extraordinary women, past and present, as we celebrate Women's History Month. Thank you, General Mankey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. March is Women's History Month, and during the month we have International Women's Day, and we're going to celebrate that that today, talking to a member of the 133rd Airlift Wing. Uh, And also we have uh, a special guest here from the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System. So I want to welcome Staff Sergeant Amanda Riemenschneider to the uh, studio. Amanda, thanks for coming in. Thank you. And uh, we have Emma O'Brien who is the Women Veterans Program Director from the Minneapolis VA Medical Center. Emma, thanks for coming in today. Thank you for having me. Amanda, we're going to focus on you first here because I want to talk about women in the service. And before we get to that, uh, you're a staff sergeant in the 133rd Airlift Wing of the Minnesota Air National Guard. How long have you been in the military? I have been in the 133rd for 17 years. 17 years and all at the 133rd Airlift Wing? Yep, all at the 133rd, all in FSS, Force Support Squadron. And FSS stands for what? Force Support Squadron. Force Support Squadron. Mm-hmm. And are you having fun? Oh, I love it. You love it. I love it. Okay, back to the, the real question. What possessed you to join the Minnesota Air National Guard 17 <laughs> years ago? So it's a story. So growing up, my uncles, were one was Army, one was Air. Um, And it was fun to hear them kind of go back and forth about which branch was better and all that stuff. And so I wanted to join. And in high school, the Army recruiter was gung-ho. He was going to recruit me. But I wanted to join, you know, the Air Force. My uncle came with me to meet with the Army recruiter and the Air Force recruiter to make sure they weren't, you know, filling me for all fluff. And he said, you need to join the Air Force because they treat women better. The food is better. And the, you know, the deployment and the, the housing is so much better in the Air Force. And it's it's true. Sorry, Army. <laughs> but it's true. All right, Amanda, and I want to congratulate you on using the word fluff. This is a family show. <laughs> you know, when I, when I joined the, the Air Force 50 years ago, I wanted to sleep in a bed and get a hot chow. And you know what? Even though I went to Vietnam, it worked. Yep. And then we talked to these soldiers and these Marines you know, they're bragging about sleeping on the ground and eating all kinds of funny stuff. And I think you made the right decision. I think so, too. 
Okay. Now, can you tell us uh, about your position? You've got a, a weekend job out there, and then you're out there full-time during the week. What do you do on the weekends? So on the weekends, I am the student flight NCOIC, so the non-commissioned officer in charge. So basically all the brand-new folks who have newly enlisted. Airmen, and, new airmen. Yep, new airmen who have never served before. They come in, and they get to be in our classroom curriculum until they go to basic training. So it's, you know, the whole weekend they're with me and my officer, and we teach them everything from, you know, in processing the base. We try and get them little shop tours so they kind of get to know the base better than some people who've been there 20 years, don't know where certain things are. Um, And we teach them how to do their reporting statement when they get to basic training, marching, standing at attention, saluting, phasing movements, um, the rank structure, chain of command, um, kind of anything that you would maybe think you need to know at basic training, how to roll socks and T-shirts, um, basically so they're maybe a little bit less nervous to go, if that's possible, but also so they have a leg up, they don't get yelled at as much when they're there. And since basic training is all about teamwork, if they already know how to do these things, they can help the people in there. Amanda, are you suggesting drill and sar- drill sergeants speak loud sometimes? Yes, they yell. Well, it's good that you're giving a little pre-boot camp, boot camp. But uh, uh, we're talking about Women's History Month on Minnesota Military Radio. And Amanda, when I want to come back. Uh, that's your that's your weekend job, giving them a little insight to boot camp, so they're not so. When I went in, it, I went in. They shipped us down there, put us to bed at three o'clock in the morning, told us they could we could sleep in at five o'clock in the morning, wide awake, throwing stuff down the aisle. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> What do you do out there during the week at the 133rd? So during the week, um, I work in the Airmen and Family Readiness Office with the um, program manager over there, Molly Holm. Um, I'm her readiness assistant. And so basically we're there to assist service members and their families um, with a wide array of services, um, anything from deployments to financial problems, housing problems, um, jobs, careers, kind of anything that kind of, you know, people might encounter. Um, we try and help with that. And if we can't help them in office, then we work with other community partners that maybe can help with those things. So when your airman is sent on deployments, and, and usually on the air side, it's a little shorter than the air <laughs> side, uh, but you, you brief them and their families on the resources available in case they need something. And then when they come back, you brief them again. And But you're there to kind of liaison between them and their families while they're gone and, and uh, help out with whatever kind of problems might come up? Correct. Yep. We do that as well as um, we have a key volunteer program that also helps do that with different units on the base. They're also that liaison between the specific units and their families. That kind of, it's really helpful. Now, here in Minnesota, there's a lot of resources. you got the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon program. you got the Minnesota Military Family Foundation. There's all kinds of resources available to take care of the families while the airmen are gone. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yep. So if people don't know about them, yeah, reach out to myself, reach out to Molly Holm. Yeah, we can help. All right. Now, I want to ask you, um, and we're going to get to this in the next segment a little bit more, but what kind of challenges have you come across in the last 17 years from the time you you went to boot camp to today as a woman? Um, for me, kind of, you know, more, more recently in the last six, seven years, trying to balance being a mom and being in the military. Um, 
we are in the Air Force or the Chair Force, as people like to say, but we still have to leave on a moment's notice, the riots, that kind of stuff. You know, you still have to be ready, and that's hard to do if you don't know when you're coming back, how long you're going to be gone, and you have kids. Or if, you know, if you have to be, you have to come to work, but your kids are sick, you know, that's hard to kind of juggle and balance because you have a job, but your job is the military. Same kind of thing. Every family has to balance. But yes. if, if if there is something and the military is counting on you to, to be there and perform, puts a little more pressure on your spouse. Exactly. Yep. And so do you help, have you learned to help other women in the military to cope with those things? Kind of, yeah. I mean, we just kind of try and talk through it. And, you know, in our unit, we're a little family. So, you know, if people are struggling, you know, hey, call my family, we can help you out or, you know, bring the kids with or we're, you know, whatever we're doing, we try and try and help each other out. Help each other out. As you say, the the 133rd, there's about a thousand airmen out there and, and you all know each other pretty much. And, and, the, and there are resources and people are willing to stand up and say, I can help. Let me let me let me make sure that we get through this together. Exactly. Yep. All right. Uh, last question for this segment: Have you had to fight any uh, stereotypes, myths, or misconceptions about women serving in the Air Force? So we were talking about this this morning before I came, and kind of the one that really came to our mind. I was speaking with some other women who were in the military previously, and especially when you go um, either to the clinic. Or you ask, you're at a store and you ask for a military discount or something. And if I'm with my husband, they'll look directly at him and say, thank you for your service. That, um, goes, that goes back to my day, Amanda, when most of the guys were serving. And But it still shouldn't be the case today because it's my understanding that 21.4% of the National Guard and Reserves are women. And yep. you're serving more and more and you're serving in all the jobs. <clears throat> but society's a little bit slow to change, aren't they? Exactly, yeah. Well, we're, we're going to work on that a little more. We have to take a short break. We're talking about Women's History Month on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking about Women's History Month today, and I've been joined by Amanda Schneider. Say your name, Schneider. Schneider. Schneider, who's a staff sergeant in the 133rd Airlift Wing, and Emma O'Brien, who is the Women Veterans Program Manager from the Minneapolis VA Healthcare Center? And, and I want to get back, uh, uh, Amanda, to uh, uh, those myths and stereotypes and misconceptions and things. And and uh, you told me a, a story off the air about uh, asking for a veterans discount, and you might have been there with your husband. And and uh, what does what does society do when when they ask those questions today? They, you know, at, during that specific example, they look at him say thank you for your service. And he's being sweet and says, actually, it's my wife that serves. Oh, they're always shocked every time. But you've got him trained to correct her. Yes. That's good. Yes. And as we said, uh, I understand now that uh, 17.3% of the United States active duty force, totaling 231,000 members, are women, and 21.4% of the National Guard and Reserves, totaling 171,000 members, are women, and that over 3 million women have served in the armed forces today. That's a big change from when I was in the service 50 years ago. Yes. And I know that when you go out to the 133rd or up to the 148th or any of the Army bases, there's ladies everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand that all the jobs are open. Is that right? I believe so, yes. So you're pretty well, you like what you're doing. Yes, I do. But if you wanted to, you could change 
careers or AFSC and go to, into something else. And yes. So long as you're physically able Correct. to take those jobs. Yep. And you started out, you wanted to be a pilot. I wanted to be a fighter pilot. But it didn't work. It didn't work. I got to MEPS and failed the depth perception test. At, I was there like one minute. That that did not happen. Nope. Became a cook. If you can't <laughs> if you can't land the plane, you got a you got a problem. Yes, exactly. Okay, I want to talk a little bit uh, here in Minnesota. If you're in the Minnesota National Guard, you have a federal mission and a state mission. Federal mission, we see your C-130s go off and they're doing federal duty somewhere in the world. But here in Minnesota, a lot of things have happened from riots to COVID to all kinds of things. And a few years back, we had a Super Bowl here in the Twin Cities. And as I recall, it was really cold, but there were about 700 members of the uh, Minnesota Army and Air National Guard that served. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. You, did you volunteer? No, I didn't. It was cold. <laughs> <laughs> but there were some airmen from the 133rd out there. Yes. And so they all gathered up and, and they got issued some cold weather gear. And I understand that uh, it was that's the security that you bring to something like a Super Bowl is extraordinary. And from what I hear from... Uh, the director of the Homeland Security Emergency Management, they probably couldn't have done that without those soldiers and airmen. Probably not. Nope. So how does it feel to, to, to go to state service and take care of your friends and neighbors and family? It's good. I I like that feeling. Whole, yeah. whole different part about being in the military to be able to, to help people back here at home. Isn't yeah. It? I mean, and it's a little weird because, you know, we've done deployments and that's far, far away. And you're going with people, some you know, some you don't. But then just being here at home, it's just a whole kind of different animal, That's you know, with the riots. And I did um, flood fighting in Minot years back. You know, it's just different when it's people you know. That's got to feel good, though, when you're done. Yes. Very good. Now, we were talking about Super Bowl, and we just finished the Super Bowl. We did. It was a pretty good show. It was. Something happened on that and that Super Bowl. It was the first. What was it? It was the uh, first all-female Flyover. How do you feel about that? You feel good, right? I feel good and proud. Yep, because that was pretty cool. But? But also, why was that the first time it ever happened? It's, it's a pretty good question. Right? right? <laughs> Maybe they didn't have enough female flyers, or pilots that <laughs> didn't have the problem with the depth, depth perception. That's probably <laughs> what it was, right? Could have been. Well, we got the first one out of the way, so that was great. Yes. So, okay, I want to talk to you a little bit about we're on radio stations all over Minnesota, and there's probably some young ladies out there listening. If they were thinking about joining the military, what would you have to say about it to them about joining the Minnesota Air National Guard? Okay, so we have better food than the Army, 100%. Um, I'm a little biased because, yeah, I was the cook. The, the soldiers might argue. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> Anyway, um, if you're even considering joining, you know, the military, the Air Force, or the Army, um, give it, give one of our recruiters a call. You know, contact me, contact somebody on the base if you know a friend. Just come out, see the place, have a conversation. It's not binding to just come have a talk with somebody, you know. Um, give it a shot. It was the best thing that I've ever done. I don't have student loans because they got covered. I've gotten to travel the world. I don't have to pay for that. I get to go. So even if you're just even considering it, just come check it out. Now, you've you, been doing this for 17 years. Yes. It's not getting old? Nope. You're having a good time? I'm having a good time. You're going to go a few more years so that you can get retirement? Yes. And that's going to feel good, too. Yes, it will. 
and and still being that close to the end, you're you're sitting here in the studio today telling those young ladies, go check out the Air National Guard and don't like that you can go look at the army right? exactly yep <laughs> yeah. sergeant williams our, our, <laughs> our production ncos in there saying army army <laughs> army but that's that we got the air in here today sergeant williams this is okay <laughs> all right emma you've been sitting over there quietly listening to all of this and and uh, we've got another follow-up question for amanda and amanda are you eligible for and have you ever gotten any medical care out at the minneapolis va medical center i am eligible um, I've never, never stepped foot in the VA. Why? Um, everyone always says, you know, hey, after you come back from deployment, go to the VA, register with the VA, and I don't even really know what that means. Emma, can you explain? Is how She's been in the Air National Guard for 17 <laughs> years. She's been deployed. She's eligible. It can't be that difficult to get uh, medical care at the VA, is it? Fortunately, no. It's right here in your in your backyard at at the uh, medical center here in Minneapolis and at our thirteen community based outpatient clinics across Minnesota and um, Wisconsin. Uh, we're here to serve women. So, what does Amanda have to do if she wanted to come out there and get some care? I think uh, most directly is. Come to the medical center. There's a, a registration and eligibility uh, desk right in our main flag atrium walk in and, and talk with somebody. Uh, you can also visit va.gov to register online. So, Amanda, when you go into the VA Medical Center, you know where it is. It's right across the highway from you. Yep. You walk in, and, and somebody will say, how, how, who are you, what are you doing, how can I help you? But then as you walk in just a few feet in, you're going to see a great big two-story atrium with the biggest American flag you ever saw hanging there that's called the flag atrium. And there's people there that can help you register and help you get some care at the Minneapolis VA. And you're going to learn in a few minutes that Emma is the Women Veterans Program Manager out there. And it's her job to take care of the women veterans. So if you wanted to get a little special care, I bet you could arrange it with Emma. And she'd meet you over there and make sure you can get registered. Absolutely. So you'll take good care of her, right? Absolutely. That's what I thought. All right, we just got a couple of minutes left, and we're going to focus on the VA when we come back. But I wanted to ask you, uh, Amanda, uh, we know what inspired you to join the Guard because you had some relatives that were giving each other the business about Army, Air, Marine Corps. You know, if you don't tease the Marines, they don't think you like them. So you got to <laughs> you take And, of course, the Navy. But are you doing that with those guys now that you've been in for 17 years? Oh, yeah. yeah yep. how, do, how do they take it? Um, the Air Force one, he just knows, you know, what goes on. But the Army, he's just, what? You went where? You stayed in what? Oh, when we go to Ripley, we stay in the tin huts. I said, yeah, I know you do. We don't do that. <laughs> so the Air National Guard, they, they used to tease me. They call it the country club compared to the, compared to the soldiers. But yep. that's okay. That's good. Well, man, it's been great talking to you. Can you stay while we talk to Emma in the next two, two segments? Yep. Good. All right, we have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about Women History Month, and we're going to focus on the Minneapolis VA healthcare system. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. On today's show, we've been talking about Women's History Month, and we spent some time talking to Staff Sergeant Amanda Riemenschneider from the 133rd Airlift Wing, who's still with us here in the in the studio. And we're going to focus uh, the rest of the show on the Minneapolis VA healthcare system and speak with Emma O'Brien, who's the Women Veterans Program Manager. And Emma, Emma when and where did you get to the Minneapolis VA? You were a nurse first, right? I, 
I am a nurse. Yes, I have started my nursing career uh, in women's health and have uh, cared for women uh, across the lifespan in the community settings and outpatient and inpatient settings. And I joined the VA in 2019 uh, when when this position became open. And uh, I really saw it as an opportunity to serve women, to serve veterans, and uh, and and direct a program, guide a program that would um, provide the best care out there. Okay. And Emma, back uh, decades ago when I was in the military, there, there were women serving, but a very small minority. But over those decades, it's changed dramatically. And we threw out some numbers uh, just here in the uh, uh, National Guard and Reserves, 21.4% of the of the force is women So and growing. Yes. And so along with that comes the need for medical care and the need for medical care at the Minneapolis VA Medical Center. And I know over the last dozen years we've been on the air, they've expanded the women's clinic out there. They can they can do almost everything except deliver babies. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's about right. Yes. And and even in that case, you can if they're eligible for a care at the VA, you can get it's them to still a benefit. So all of our our um, pregnant um, veterans are receiving benefit to to get that care with our community partners. So they can cover just about everything else in the women's clinic inside the existing Minneapolis VA Medical Center. Within the medical center, uh, mostly within the women's clinic, but we serve women in all areas of the medical center. Every specialty, um, any point in which you can access care, um, women women receive their, their health care. So you are the Women Veterans Program Manager for the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System right here in Minneapolis. What all is that? What all are you responsible for? Every veteran that walks in and out of that place? <laughs> well, uh, we're a large and growing population of, of female patients seeking care in the VA. And uh, you mentioned the Women's Center. So we, we do have a women's clinic or comprehensive care center um, within the medical center here in Minneapolis. Uh, in that in that uh, clinic, we offer primary care for women. Uh, we offer mental health. Um, gynecology care, urology care. Um, we have pharmacists. We have um, a social worker. We have a, a number of, of disciplines that provide really comprehensive whole health um, for for women. So for our women veterans, if, if they want good medical care, they really should be, and they're eligible, they should be coming out to the Minneapolis VA. We certainly think so, yes. So how many women veterans do you currently serve? Well, um, Minneapolis VA has about 8,800 enrolled women veterans. Um, in the last year, we served about 77,000 um, users, um, but we're the fastest growing veteran population. Um, we expect that our enrollment at Minneapolis VA healthcare system will um, increase by about 30% in the next 10 years. And growing. And we're and going to talk growing. about that in the next segment because there's some special plans for a new women's clinic coming up. But uh, what if a woman came out there, if Amanda came out there and needed some type of care, <clears throat> what can she expect? Are the, are the doctors women? Are they, I mean, my wife, I know she likes to go to a, a lady doctor. Uh, I've learned over the years at the Minneapolis VA Medical Center that a woman doctor is okay because I've had three of them now. <laughs> and the one that's taking care of me now is fabulous. But what can the ladies expect in the women's clinic at the Minneapolis VA? Yeah, in the women's clinic, all of our physicians are female, uh, and and so you will uh, see a, a female physician and uh, 
have a nursing team. So if you receive your primary care there, uh, you'll have a what we call a patient-aligned care team. So the patient is at the center of that team. And you are surrounded by a nurse, a um, mental health um, pr- professional, a pharmacist, um, and all of the uh, supportive services that that VA offers. So, um, not within women's clinic, but in the in the medical center, um, integrative health, physical therapy, um, recreational therapy. Um, One of the things I really enjoy about being a, a patient at the Minneapolis VA is there's a thing called uh, my health evet yes and so I can send a I can send an email out there and, and ask a question and usually by the next morning I've got the answer back uh, if if I need to get some prescriptions that come by mail uh, mm-hmm. the communication and the telehealth uh, has improved greatly since the pandemic we yes we've really expanded our telehealth options. Um, you know, reaching many women veterans right in their home, which is really helpful for women who work, who have um, young children, um, or even have mobility issues leaving their home, or or reaching a VA as a distance. And and so we've really benefited from our our virtual telehealth program. We're talking about the women's health program at the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System on Minnesota Military Radio. Amanda, you've heard a lot of things about what they can do there, and it sounds like it's as full service as it can be. Does that sound attractive to you? It sure does. I'm going to have to check it out. <laughs> I think we can get you a special appointment to do that. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> and and in our in today's busy society, that My Health Evet, to be able to send out a, an, an inquiry of some kind, you'll get an answer from a nurse. Sometimes you get an answer from the doctor. Sometimes it'll be from the, the pharmacist. I mean, whatever it is, I recently just got some new hearing aids, and I had a question afterwards, and I didn't know how to talk to the doctor that helped me. I just went on there and put audiology, asked my question. Same day, I got an answer back from the lady that, that designed my my uh, hearing aids. I mean, it's it's as high-tech, uh, state-of-the-art, I think, as anybody. And am I, is that correct? Am I, is my assumption true or not? I'm very proud to say that we really excel in providing best care uh, for all veterans, but for women, and, and strive to be a leader nationally in, in the care we provide for women. I've heard from Director Kelly that occasionally we get a woman veteran that's a little nervous coming in and out of the Minneapolis VA Medical Center because there's a lot of guys in there. Mm-hmm. World War II, Korea, Vietnam, all the current, there's guys everywhere, and some of us aren't pretty. But <laughs> if, if Amanda was nervous, uh, would you have a red vest meter at the door? How's that work? Yeah, certainly we could have one of our Red Vest volunteers meet you or one of our women's program staff could meet you um, and, and accompany you through through your appointments, um, maybe between clinics. So if you have to have a, a blood draw down in the basement uh, or x-ray um, and then and then come up to clinic, um, there's somebody who can accompany you or um, and certainly folks in the halls who just will stop and, and uh, say, how you doing and uh, where can I help you get to? Amanda, that must be good to hear that if you're the least bit apprehensive, she'll, Emma will meet you or the, the volunteers, they call them the Red Vest volunteers out there, will meet you at the door, and they'll go with you. That must sound attractive, doesn't it? That sounds great because I just picture the VA as me wandering in and just getting lost and never finding the right way to go. It's a it's a really big building, a big campus, and uh, it seems like every floor and every wing looks about the same, and uh it, 
fortunately, we we are definitely a culture that you know will even ask new employees if they see you wandering. What do you know where you're going? Let me let me take you there. So, and Director Kelly's told me many times that without about a thousand volunteers, he doesn't know how he'd be able to run that place. So there's there's people everywhere to accompany you, take you places, make sure you don't get lost. Uh, they've even got a cafeteria out there, and and they've got a chapel. I found out if I make an early appointment, I can go in there for a little church service and then go get my blood drawn. I mean, there's a lot of fun things about the Minneapolis VA. They do a lot of things right, and you want to make sure you do them right for the women veterans as well. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any uh, any misunderstandings? Is there anything that you see more often than not that the women are, are worried about when they come out there? Well, I, I think too often we hear what Amanda shared that I'm I'm eligible, or or maybe I'm not eligible. VA doesn't serve women. That's what we hear that sometimes too is a big misunderstanding. And uh, this year, uh, VA is celebrating 100 years of women's care, and Minneapolis specifically is celebrating 30 years of our women's program. So we were one of uh, the first four programs in the country funded um, to open a women's clinic and offer this comprehensive care for women so that women could get all of their needs met in one place, in a place that was appropriate and accessible uh, to them. And, uh, you know, I, I, we, we work really hard. Unfortunately, we still do hear women having the experience of, of not being recognized as the veteran, um, and sometimes even within the medical center. Um, and so we work really hard um, to make women feel welcome, to help women to feel safe, um, and and to understand what their benefits are and help them to receive all of those benefits. Ladies, society is slow to change, but they'll come around and there's more and more women serving, and I think everybody you know, respects that a great deal. Uh, we have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a construction project that's going to impact our women veterans. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We've been talking about Women's History Month today. And we're going to talk about a new construction project out at the Minneapolis VA Health Care Center. But first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now here's Commissioner Larry Herkey. Duty, honor, and pride. These words reflect the spirit of generations of American women who have sought to defend the rights of freedom of others, said Secretary of Veterans Affairs, Eric Shinseki. March is Women's History Month. We take time to observe, celebrate, to pay tribute to the accomplishments women have made throughout history. Women in the military have made huge strides in the past years as they are now allowed to serve as equals with their male comrades in combat roles and have proven themselves by completing the grueling Ranger course. For years, women have been serving in the military alongside their male comrades. However, their service often goes unrecognized. As we observe Women's History Month, it's important that we also take time to pay tribute and recognize the service and sacrifice of our women veterans in Minnesota. This month, make it your mission to thank a woman veteran for her service. Thank you, Commissioner Herkey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. We're talking about Women's History Month today on the show, and we've interviewed Staff Sergeant Amanda Riemann-Schneider, from the 133rd Airlift Wing, and we're now talking to Emma O'Brien, who is the Women Veterans Program Manager for the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System. And, uh, Emma, that means that you're kind of watching out for women both at the medical center and all of the outpatient clinics. That's right. I think it's important to to note that women can receive this great care at all of those outpatient clinics. All of our clinics have designated women's health primary care providers um, who take on extra education and training to be able to provide that gender-specific care. 
Now, Emma, like uh, all other veterans, if, if the women veterans want to find out if they're eligible, they can check with their county veteran service officer, put in a claim, help them with their eligibility issues. But once they're eligible, then all they have to do is get out there and see you or one of your staff or just show up in the flag atrium and say, I need help. <laughs> and it works, right? It usually works, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, somehow I think if they're out there, you or one of your staff are going to be there to take care of them. Someone will give us a call and we'll meet them there. All right, and a wide range of service uh, because out there you can get help with uh, mental problems, physical problems, uh, suicide prevention, all of those things, everything we do for the guys, you do for the women, and probably more. And more. All right. Now, I'm excited about this. I've been asking Director Kelly about it for several years, but there's a construction project starting, I think, a little bit later this year, and it's a new building. It's going to be just to the next to the one they just finished by the main entrance, and it's going to be the entire brand-new women's clinic. Is that right? It will be. It will be a, a women's comprehensive care center that will include uh, primary care and gynecology. Uh, we'll continue to offer urology and other uh, other subspecialties to, to gynecology, but um, and as well as having a our breast center, our breast imaging center, will be co-located. So there. they're going to have their own entrance from the outside. Yes. So they don't have to go through the medical center where all the all the old guys like me are, but they can go right into the women's clinic and, and feel comfortable from the get-go. It'll be a beautiful space. Uh, we hope it'll be calming and welcoming, and we know that our, our patients will bring their children, they'll bring their um, their caregivers, they'll, you know, it'll, it'll be a really one, wonderful um, place for women to receive their care. So Emma, what's the construction schedule? It starts later this year. How long do you think it's going to take to complete? Yeah, well, I, you know, like most things, it's been impacted by inflation. Yeah. So Supply chain issues. And, and supply chain issues. And so uh, we're, we're waiting the finishing of the, the specialty medicine building that you mentioned. <laughs> and once that completes, then uh, we can begin our project and hope to break ground in the next year. Yeah, and it's about a, is it a year project then, do they think, or a little longer? Yeah, I think a, a little longer than a year. So I would hope to be in there um, by this time of 25. <laughs> So, Amanda, if you go out there and, and get your start getting your VA care or your medical care at the VA Medical Center, in a couple of years, you're going to have your own women's clinic. How do you feel about that? I love it. That's going to make me super special. <laughs> <laughs> I think we sold her. She's coming out there. How many How many women serve in the 133rd Airlift Wing? Uh, a bunch. A bunch? A bunch. I'll bet, Emma, a bunch of them are going to hear about, about the Minneapolis VA. Is that true, Amanda? Yep. I'm going to tell everyone about Emma. She's your recruiter. <laughs> How about that? Yes. <laughs> Didn't well, know you I'm came here today to recruit, did you? <laughs> Always trying to recruit. <laughs> yes. All right, Emma, we just got a, a few minutes left. And, and uh, in all seriousness, there's there are women veterans all over the state of Minnesota mm-hmm. that, for one reason or another, reluctant to go out to the, to the VA Medical Center or to the, or to the CBOX, the Community-Based yeah. Outpatient Center. What would you have to say to them if they're listening today and, and you're talking directly to those women veterans? What are you going to tell them? I'm going to tell those veterans that, that we provide the best care anywhere. Uh, we really have an outstanding team of, of clinicians that uh, care for the women as a whole person. Um, you know, we don't, we don't uh, ignore the the what the background you come from and um, all of those extra stressors that you that you bring as a woman um, with your multiple roles and uh, 
really try to address and and support you in all of those. Well, heavy dose of understanding for the ladies. I think so, yeah. Very good. Well, ladies, we're just about running out of time. Uh, Sergeant Amanda, I want to come to you. Your message to our audience is join the Air National Guard, right? Join the Air National Guard, yep. Come on out and join them now, and you'll show them around for a few years before you retire. And, yep. And if they're eligible to go to the VA, you're going to show them how to get over there. Too. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> All right. And Emma, just uh, another minute left. Any final thoughts about the Minneapolis VA? Uh, I'm delighted to meet you today and know that you're out there to take care of all of our women veterans. They've, they've earned it, haven't they? Well, thank you for having us. I, I'd love to share. There's just so many opportunities for women veterans to learn more about uh, our program and to connect. We do uh, virtual public forums for women specifically, uh, hold quarterly focus groups where we want to hear from the women who are, are getting their care and how we can improve it. Um, the National Women Veterans Contact Center um, for women veterans anywhere in the state or in the country um, will connect them to their local women veterans program manager. And the last message that I think you've probably got is the director tells me you're always hiring. If you're opening up a new women's clinic, you probably need some more nurses and some more staff and, and some more ladies to come out and join you. The VA is always hiring, yes. And you've been there for a while now, so it's, it's a pretty good place to work. It's a great place to work. And yes. you get to take care of your veterans in the process. It's the greatest honor. Very good. Amanda, Emma, thank you both for joining us today on Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you. Thank you. That was Staff Sergeant Amanda Raymond Schneider from the 133rd Airlift Wing and Emma O'Brien, who is the Women Veterans Program Manager for the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System. Joining me now from the flag line in the Minnesota Patriot Guard is Doug Bly. Doug, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Tom, as always, thank you for having me. And you've got volunteers, we call uh, we call them writers, the Minnesota Patriot Guard writers, all over Minnesota. All over Minnesota and all over this country. How does one become a Minnesota Patriot Guard writer? It's really simple, Tom, and there's no very few requirements. The only requirement that we have, two of them, have a 3 by 5 flag and a pole that you can hold and be a patriot with good thoughts in your heart. Those are the only requirements we have. The easiest way to join is to go to our website, mnmarynancypatriotguard.org, and on the left-hand side of our website, you can click Join Us, and all you really need is a zip code and an email address, and that gets you signed up into our database, and then you'll start getting at least weekly emails, if not more frequently, from your local ride captain, all the missions that are happening and all the things that we've been requested to attempt. It's all about honor, dignity, and respect. It is, and we sure work hard at making sure that that's in front of us every time we go. Doug, I told you this story before, but uh, the grandfather on the other side from my grandchildren died a few years back, and he was a Vietnam veteran, and they asked the Patriot Guard to come out. They did, and it was the most emotional, moving thing I've ever seen. I had to walk past them on the way in and the way out, and my son came out and thanked everybody. It was incredible. I mean, it was just it added something to this Vietnam veterans' funeral that I I can't I don't have the words to explain. Yeah, I've been on the family side twice now for a funeral, and where the Patriot Guard was present, and I'll always remember from my neighbor John. He was a ranger in World War II, and as we walked out the church, it went from this dark chapel to the sun shining, the flags are flying, the veterans are saluting, and as you walk between this line of flags, and just the pride you have for that veteran, for that hero. And regardless of what they did in the military, we don't care. You can have served in peacetime. You can serve in wartime. You can serve in the United States. You can serve overseas. As long as you have an honorable discharge, then we're happy to stand for you. 
So, Doug, if a family wants the Patriot Guard to be at the funeral, what do they have to do? The simplest way, Tom, is that you go again to our website, mnpatriotguard.org, and on the left-hand side, you'll see a bar that says Request the Minnesota Patriot Guard. And that page that comes up then is a description of all the different missions that we do, and then the things we're asking for as well for you to, to reply. A couple important things. Only the family member or a funeral home director or a casualty assistance officer can ask us to be there. Many times we get a phone call or an email. Um, my best friend's a veteran. Will you guys be there? Uh, we can't do that. We can only go through the direct request of the family member just to make sure they're what's going on. Um, but very simple, you know, date of service, a branch of service, uh, what you're asking us to do, and just to begin some communication. But very simple, very easy. takes you probably five minutes to put it out. And, again, direct family member request, funeral home director, or casualty assistance officer in case there is one for an active duty military member. Now, Doug, are some of the families reluctant to call? You know, Tom, my dad's a good example of it. Um, when we talked about he was uh, three years in Korea, and when we talked about his funeral services and I talked about having the Patriot Guard there, you know, it was yes to the honor squad, yes to the Legion, yes to the fire department. He said, nah, I don't want to bother anybody, and we don't want you to feel bothered. We want to be asked. So all you have to do is go to the website, request them. You'll put the word out to the writers, and they'll show up. And as we said, honor, dignity, respect. That's all we can ask for, Tom. Doug, thanks for joining us again today. Thanks, Tom, and God bless your military. That was Doug Bly from the flag line of the Minnesota Patriot Guard. We're just about out of time. Thanks for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week. Staff Sergeant Amanda Riemann Schneider from the 133rd Airlift Wing, M.O. O'Brien from the Minneapolis VA, Doug Bly from the Minnesota Patriot Guard, Commissioner Larry Herkey from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally, Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Please join us next week as we talk about an upcoming event surrounding the 20th anniversary of Operation Iraqi Freedom. That's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Tom Lyons, and I hope that you make a difference in someone's life this week. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at minnesotamilitaryradio.com.